In today's show, we are joined by Alex Wong, Director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management. Good morning, Alex. Hi, good morning. And by Kenny Wen, Head of Investment Strategy at KGI Asia. Good morning, Kenny. Good morning. Okay, so as we just heard, we're going to start on something positive rather than negative about China for a change. Um, Huawei have managed to produce, oh, with SMIC, a 7 nanometer chip, which is capable of speeds quicker than 5G. Is this a sign that China is actually capable of winning the chip war with the US? Um, start with you, Kenny. Uh I think it's too early to say, but anyway, uh, it's good news for China technology stock. But I will worry about that uh, for the future, the China and U.S. Uh, relationship, because under my understanding, uh, during the uh, Biden administration, there are three C strategy, which is for uh, environmental protection, they will have a cooperation. But for technology, they will have competition. So if uh, China doing some progress to advance its technology in uh, chip making, that may be in mid to long term. Don't forget that we will have president election next year uh, in U.S. So there may be further uh, another round of uh, measures, which uh, including a sanction on the technology sector uh, executed by U.S. Uh, on China. So it may not be a good news for the China and U.S. relations. But anyway, this is good news for, for, for China uh, trip development. Alex, do you think... I mean... <laughs> It might not be good news for China, US, but competition's good, isn't it? So maybe this might help both. Um, Alex? I think, of course, competition is good, and uh, this is still too early to call for a victory, but I think uh, this is a good sign and a breakthrough for China. At least we got something, uh, physical, physical proof that China is getting some breakthrough. Uh, so probably we would expect. Uh, on the equipment side, the U.S. problem will be we put more sanctions and China will need to do more on itself. Sanctions, I wonder in the long run, actually, whether it's going to hurt the U.S. Because as you've seen, if they can produce speeds quicker than 5G, that shows there is, cap- there is techno- technological uh, capabilities in China. Um, and maybe they just start surpassing the U.S. So actually, maybe what the U.S. has done is actually more in favour has actually helped China in the longer run rather than actually hurt them. Um, I'll start with you again, Kenny. I think it depends on the short term or long term. So with more sanctions that will create uh, more fierce uh, competition, for short term, for short term, there will be a challenge for China, especially those companies. But for... Uh, but in the meantime, as we all know, uh, for U.S. company, uh, some of their products uh, for export are sent to China. So if they have a further sanction, actually U.S. corporate uh, will, will get hurt too. Uh, for example, NVIDIA. Uh, and, but for the long one, I think it's a good way to push China to uh, nationalize, to put more effort, to, um, uh, to, to, to do more research for the uh, technology development. So it, it really depends on the short term or long term, depends on uh, what your definition and time horizon. I guess, I mean, that's everyone's uh, got their own opinions on short term and long term <laughs> yes. time horizons. So, um, but yeah, Alex, what's your thoughts in terms of how, whether this is actually a positive for China in the in the longer term? Let's put it that way. As yeah, to I think term. this is positive yeah. uh, because China know that uh, they 
they need to depend on themselves. So um, that's why uh, we are seeing some breakthrough already. This is actually um, much quicker than people thought uh, yeah. breakthrough. So I think that this is a good thing for China. So uh, they probably would uh, still put a lot of effort into this area. And this is a key area in tech. So I think uh, this is a good thing for China in the long term. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whoever wins the chip will wins. Yeah. I mean, wins, right? I mean, at the end of the day, everyone is in need of chips. So I think that's a positive. Yeah. I mean, sticking on the positive theme, we saw the um, there's going to be a bureau set up to help private companies. Um, so again, this is a sign of Xi Jinping backtracking or over the last three years where he's clamped down on a lot of private companies. Um, so again, is this another another positive? Are we starting to start uh, see some green sheets that could potentially lead to recovery of China, um, especially if these bureau helps the private companies? Yeah, I think uh, the the participation of private companies actually is, is uh, much needed uh, because uh, people would think uh, that those SOE uh, would have uh, limited capabilities and, and their visions as well. So um, we need the participation of the private sector to take risk, and also uh, they need uh, more employment uh, from those sectors as well. So I think uh, this is a good thing to start, and I think China actually recognized the, the importance of private companies because in the past few years, people got the impression that they are suppressing the growth of uh, mega private companies. So I think uh, the, the, the change in attitude actually is much needed right now. Yeah, I totally agree with uh, Alex because the private sector is too important for China economy, especially uh, in this a uh, few years. And it's also reduced a concern on uh, a Chinese investor because, uh, as mentioned by Alex, for the past few years, people little bit wary that uh, the policy will further support the state company in the expenses of private sector. So in China, we have a jargon saying that uh, state company at once. Uh, but uh, the uh, private sector retreats. So setting up a little bureau or the, the, the uh, department, uh, try to, although we don't have exact what policy will be launched, but anyway, it's a good development, good sign to reduce the uh, investor concern, a little bit reduce their concern. I think ultimately that's it, is the investor sentiment and the global uh, sentiment over China has been hurt over the last three years. Yeah. And there are steps, or at least we're starting to see a few steps that could turn it around. Um, but obviously China needs to do a lot more. What more do, I mean, what more would you like to see? Um, I'll start with you, can you be... I agree that there is a lot more need to do because I do think that there is a fundamental uh, for the China investor or citizen uh, is they lost their confidence uh, because I, I personally I think uh, they're because uh, free belief being broken. First of all, in the past, they think that a private large uh, property company will not default. They think that property prices will keep going. And also for the trust product, which is a kind of uh, wealth management products, will always uh, settle their obligation. But during the past one to two years, you you think that, you you see that all free belief uh, all broken. So uh, last year, we see everyone uh, putting their money into the banking system. Uh, at first, initially, we thought that's because of the pandemic. But now, I think that is driven by more fundamental structural issue because they don't have confidence on the future. So I don't think that we can have any one solution can solve all problems. But we need to do more uh, in terms of uh, physical policy, in terms of 
industry targeting policy, including monetary policy, uh, step by step to build up their confidence. Uh, that, but anyway, uh, we see improvement in terms of the policy momentum. Uh, but we we were looking forward to see more policy uh, being announced in in near future. Alex. I think and it will take a lot of time to restore the confidence. Uh, but in the meantime, probably uh, we need more um, participations of megatech companies. I think people need to see results and want to see some um, results from probably Tencent and Alibaba. Probably they would uh, raise their participation in the economy. So I think uh, uh, from the start, probably we need to see some progress uh, from the mega tech first, and then probably those SOE, uh, those SMEs probably may 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 may, be, may have confidence uh, to participate. But can China just do it all domestically, or do, will they need some foreign com- companies' help? And the reason I ask that, I mean, if we look at the last three years; a lot of foreign companies have been leaving China, and that has put a bit of a strain on the economy as well. Um, so can and I know there has been a rhetoric that. They don't need foreign companies and they can do it domestically. But can they with an aging population um, and all the problems that are coming along with it? Can China just do it domestically? I'll start with you, Alex, this time. I think uh, uh, probably the ecosystem can, can sustain without the participation of foreign companies. But, I've, but they do need, I think, uh, participation from them because uh, they bring competitions and bring uh, new thinkings and new ways of uh, doing things, I think. So that is the importance of them. Because if you just live in your own ecosystem, probably you would be, you have limited uh, growth in the long term because uh, you, you probably would do it uh, only um, the, the domestic way instead of the international uh, ways of competition. So that will reduce the competitiveness of Chinese companies. So I think the importance of foreign companies is to raise the standard in the long term. Yeah, I think so because uh, even though China is a very large market, have, having a large portion of uh, middle income uh, segment, uh, but we are living in a globalization situation. So, uh, with the help of uh, foreign company or foreign investment, will be very important for China to go through this challenged period. Especially, I remember a, a data saying that for the foreign investment uh, to China in the past one to two years, it dropped significantly. So I think uh, with the help of a foreign company will be crucial uh, 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 with the uh, local government policy to support the economy. Uh, the economy. So I think it's, it's a very important. I mean, we know Apple and Tesla are very big in China. So, I mean, to put them aside, though, we've got Xi Jinping, who's now not going to the G20 summit, but was a big player on the BRICS, you know, expansion. So is that a case that Xi Jinping's happy to forego, say, some of the Western countries and focus more on the emerging markets? And that's where he thinks he can get foreign investment coming through? Or is there going to be a gradual thawing where eventually he's just going to try any global companies that will come through and or come into China? Oh, Kenny. Uh, I, I think uh, it's a difficult question for me. Uh, I, I don't know why the absence for the, the, the G20 uh, summit, even though uh, there, there were some news saying that he will not attend the meeting. But I think it's, it's not good for India because it's the host. So it's not good for India-China relation. And uh, the investor uh, expect that uh, Joe Biden will have a face-to-face meet, maybe have a face-to-face meeting with, with uh, a presidency in the, in the G20. But now uh, it will not happen. So uh, 
is is not good for for the market sentiment. But uh, everyone is asking why they don't uh, why he don't participate in the meeting. I, I don't know the, personally. I don't know the reason, but. Uh, uh, I agree that then maybe he he have something to do. But anyway, uh, we see uh, more bonding for the brick uh, economy. So, but anyway, I think uh, including Western uh, Western world, uh, including emerging market, both are important for China. That is my personal view. Alex, I think uh, the they probably are more efficient in in getting uh uh, relations with uh, those black co- co- countries rather than the West. So I think that's why they emphasize more on the relations on that part and probably they would get more business and, 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 and investment from them. Okay. Um, so we've got about a minute left, um, just kind of early in the week. What should uh, investors now be looking for as the week goes ahead? Um, let's start with you this time, Alex. I think, uh, first of all, make use of this rebound to reduce uh, exposures in those uh, property sectors in China. I think this is uh, just a decade bounce, so I don't think uh, there would be any structural improvement in that sector. But uh, uh, the overall sentiment in Chinese companies actually has improved because if you look at the ADRs, they usually go higher in the whole section. So that means uh, foreign investors actually are, are, are feeling better right now towards China. So I think uh, we probably have a full on Chinese stocks. So um, the old economic park probably will still be messy, but I think the new economic park uh, is increasing moving. Yeah, um, I agree with Alex because uh, even though the uh, measures executed is more comprehensive than I think, but uh, it's just not, it takes time to solve the fundamental problem. So I think it's just a technical rebound. So whenever it, 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 it rebound and you holding a lot of stocks, maybe at a good time to uh, need to be trimmed down your holdings. And if you want to buy and maybe you need to, to wait another round of uh, buy on dips uh, opportunities. Okay, well, that's all we have time for this morning. But it's a very interesting discussion we had. Thank you very much, Alex Wong, Director of Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management, and Kenny Wen, Head of Investment Strategy at KGI Asia.